It's episode 1065, and it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. She doesn't live near downtown. And also, just down the road from her there in Antioch, rapper, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up? All right. Well, we have a great show coming up. Lauren Daigle joins us. You don't want to miss that. But before we get going, I have a couple things I want to address. Last last show, we started off the show mercilessly making fun of Jesse's haircut. And he is today now wearing a hat. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we gave you insecurities and there's, you felt like you need to wear a hat. There's really no need to apologize because <laughs> everywhere I've gone, the reason I'm wearing the hat is that I'm getting too many compliments, uh, too many <laughs> admiring looks. Um, you know, and she's uh-huh. making me uncomfortable at What's this point. The tone I think, it, I think it's grown in. Yeah. Is it like, oh, yeah. nice haircut? And they like I'll do a thumbs this. up? When, when I say compliments, I'm, I'm, you know, reading between the lines of people, how people are looking and interacting with me. They're mm. saying it without words, Emily, is, is uh, the thing. Of course. And, <laughs> but the, you know, the continual attention, because it's growing in perfectly, just as I anticipated. <laughs> I decided to to take a break from all the attention today. Um, yeah. But when you know it, the hat looks great too, so that's backfired. So here we are. Yeah, it's just it's a distraction. Sorry. Anyway, um, but but th- this week we're not starting out by putting the attention on Jesse. I have a question for Derek. Derek, uh, I've been following you on, on IG and you've been talking a lot about your album and your tour and stuff, but you posted something this week that I want to ask you about. You're... See... I've been seeing these fake AI rappers like the Drake songs and the Kanye songs going around. And I always wondered what you and other artists think about stuff like that, because it's like, you know, Hey, this, this gets a little scary, you know, but then I saw you making it, you're playing (laughs) with AI music and posting it. So you're not mad at this. You're like, Hey, this is awesome. Like, what are your thoughts about what's going on right now with music and AI? And and to the listener, we are going to play a clip of something he made and posted this week. Progress does not care about what you feel about it. That's one thing that I've learned after being an artist for so long. I remember when we were selling CDs and the MP3 came in and everybody was like, oh, man, that's going to ruin the music industry. Then streaming. Oh, man, then social media. It's like, it doesn't matter. So for me, I'm just like, man, let me just try it out, see what I see if there's a way that I can use it with my brand. That would be cool. So I did a little cover of my song with Drake and Kanye on it. You know, <laughs> I want to, I want to hear it. Jason, can you cue this up? People have got to hear this. Take a thing from me. This where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to make it. Come get Top down, was not 24. Got the ball working with the first 24 hours. Got it out the mud, had to let it grow. We saw on a couple grudges, had to let it go. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. Okay, Derek. Is this, like, this is crazy? Is this like your dream come true to have like Drake and Kanye <laughs> sing one of your songs? No, it's because it's a computer, but (laughs) it's insane. It is insane. It's still incredible how good it can model your voice. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible. And this, 
this is the worst it's going to be. It's not going to get any worse than this. Right. I'm saying so. I think that's the crazy part about it. It's like it's like we can't believe anything anymore. Like images we see, videos we see, music we hear. Like, how will we know what's real and what's artificially created? Like moving forward, like this is baffling because normally it's like, well, seeing is believing. I see a picture of that person doing that thing. Then that means it happened. That Mm. does not mean it happened. Oh, Derek got Drake on that track. Right. Dag. No, he did. Like, how do we know anymore? Like everything's a lie. Yeah, it is is funny because I feel like a few years ago, like everyone would say like Pixar, it didn't happen. And now it's like, well, Pix and it still maybe didn't happen. Like it doesn't matter. Which is wild. Or even video, like, I mean, the deep fake technology is getting insane. But then for, I think for the rights holders, right now, the reason I'm able to do that and not get violated on uh, Instagram or whatever is because you can't copyright a voice. So Mm. I know you saw on Spotify that the Drake cover, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, a Kanye cover that had went viral, got pulled down. The reason it got, oh, no, it was Drake singing I Spice. And the reason it got pulled down was not because of the different voices. It was because the original song, they infringed on the copyright of the original song, not because they switched different voices. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, don't, I don't know. This is uh, it's interesting where we're going. Right. There was the Drake and Weekend song, which was an original. I don't know why. I guess UMG just pulled it down because here's the thing with laws. Technically, if you make a parody of a song, mm-hmm. then it it's able to be pulled down. So I think because they say, yo, this is Drake weekend, whatever, it wasn't considered a parody. So that's why they couldn't monetize it or get it. Or, and that's how they're able to get pulled down. Well, at the end of the day, it's UMG and you're uploading something to Spotify. So trying to make money off of two people's voice and likeness. I think that's probably why it was that use someone else's likeness, but there's no, there's no copyright law on voice. Yeah, I was going to say, I, it seems like that seems like a gray area because there are people like off the top of my head, like Frank Caliende, like the, the guy who does like these crazy good impressions where, Aries yeah, yeah where, where their yep. voice is almost indistinguishable from whoever they're, you know, kind of satirizing or, or parodying or impersonating you know, what's the difference between someone who's just very skilled at doing that with their human voice versus like a computer voice emulating the same, same thing, you know, like legally, I think it's really interesting. I don't really have a horse in the race, but I think the AI, especially when it comes down to like deep fakes and, you know, voice simulations, it's super, super interesting from a legal perspective. When you think about what's your intellectual property and what's just your, innate human property of your, you know, either physical or, 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 you know, vocal likeness. It's fascinating. Cause me. what's what I, I could see the issue. If you claimed that was Drake and you know, his, his, his identity was being infringed on, but if you named it, if you said like Derek Minor featuring Drake, but you spelled it with an AI in there because Drake with an AI, <laughs> you know, it'd say the same, like, it would sound like Drake and Derek Minor, but it, it's Drake, the AI Drake. It, like, how how could they stop you from doing that if you didn't name it? If you weren't representing that you were saying it was the real person, mm-hmm. but but it just happened to sound like that guy. They can't stop you from doing something that sounds like him. I don't know. Yeah. Try it out, Derek, and then see if you get sued, and let us know. <laughs> Featuring Drake with a spell it with an AI. How about not? 
<laughs> You'll never know if you never try. How about that? I listen, I can't afford to get sued. Like, <laughs> by Drake. Like by anybody. Like <laughs> I can't afford to get sued by anybody. Like, so we're gonna have fun, but you know, listen, if they start bringing legal paperwork, you will see every AI cover <laughs> go down instantly. Without a doubt. Erased from the hard drive, like it's going away. Yeah. Well that well that that's the other thing too, is like, you know, even if you're legally in the right you know, no one wants to get caught up in some court battle with some media institution that, you know, has, has all these resources at their disposal. But uh, again, like I can see the same, I can see the same thing happening with like a visual artist. Like if someone was like, Hey, Hey, hey you know, mid journey, create a poster of su- such and such in the style of like shepherd fairy or Banksy or, you know what I mean? And then it's like, well, what's even, you know, if if a machine is emulating their well, style, is there anything they can do about that? We we posted a roundup on mm-hmm. uh, dot com yesterday of this week. All these AI movie trailers came out, and our favorite one was the Star Wars trailer mm-hmm. in the style of Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. and it looked legitimately like Wes Anderson made a Star Wars, and it's like why? It's just his like style. Mm-hmm. I mean, like why why can't they do that? You know, like. I don't know. So the Russo, uh, one of the Russo brothers said that he sees AI being disadvanced in the future. He says one day you'll be able to come home and say, you know what? I had a, I had an awful day at work today. I want to do a movie that's me and Eddie Murphy in a buddy cop role. Write me a script and make me a movie off of that. And AI will be able to produce a 90 minute film based off of those prompts uh, from there. So forget Netflix. You'll be able to make your own movies featuring whoever you want to put in the movie with you. That's what the Russo, that's what Russo brother uh, tends to think. So like, it's going to fundamentally change the creative arts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, Emily and I talk about this every day about how it's changing media Mm-hmm. work productivity how we can harness these new literally last month a thousand new ai apps came out like this isn't just chat gpt it is it is there are countless companies pursuing this technology and fast and so it's like i mean uh was it ibm or microsoft somebody this week laid off 7800 jobs because they're replacing 7800 positions with ai Right. I mean, fundamentally, how we work, how we create, how we live is changing right before our eyes. And I'm I'm not a technophobe. Like I'm like embrace this, like be on the front wave of it, harness it, use it and propel your impact, broaden your capability, your productivity. I think it's an awesome opportunity, you know, for stuff like us, like how we work. You know, we would have to hire entry level positions or college kids to like run marketing reports and analytics reports and, you know, deploy this or do customer service or whatever. And now it's like AI could totally replace those positions. And that is wonderful because then I can invest my human capital into things that, you know, are, you know, more, I don't know, creatively yeah. driven or, or, you know, original mm-hmm. content and stuff and not just filler administrative hard, overhead. Right. The hard part about it though is those jobs actually matter like there's a lot of those those jobs that are being replaced so the the the, the scary part is what happens to those people like what happens what happens to the the copywriters right. what happens to 
Well, so for us, I mean, like I, I'll directly, we talked about this. Like, so for us, like copy editing could absolutely be done by AI. Like we have an original journalist write something and AI will clean it up, make it AP style, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Well, now I don't have to hire a copy editor, right? So think about in the 1940s, the black and white movies, they had like typing pools at offices of a hundred typists. Yeah. Well, they don't have that anymore. Uh, so those people got other skills and training and they got other types of jobs or assistant jobs or whatever, or, you know, uh, NASA sent a rocket to the moon before the calculator was invented. And so they had teams okay. of mathematicians doing <laughs> manual math, math calculations, you know what I mean? And then the calculator got invented and they don't have to have all those mathematicians. They use the tool to propel, you know what I mean? So it's like, to me, the economy needs, people will have to adapt. They'll have to get retrained. Maybe they go into teaching. They go into nursing. They go into other areas that AI can't replace human capital. But like, we don't bemoan the loss of the typing pools. Yeah. You know, it's just like well, technology I mean, replaced it. And then the economy shifts. Yeah. And, and know, I mean, so. I mean, we've been kind of dabbling. It might not have been classified as like AI, but even th tools like autocorrect or whatever have been around for a while and been incorporated into processes. You know what I mean? Uh, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think the the awkward place we're at is like being over reliant too early, you know, just because it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Because I had a big, I had a couple projects lately that I'm like, oh, I'll just get, I'll just get some AI tools to help me out with this, and I get it back, and I'm like, ooh, this is not ready for prime time here. And the amount of time it takes to get it ready for prime time is like, I could have just done it without AI. You know what I mean? So like, I I still mm -hmm, feel right. like. Yeah, but wait six yeah. months. I mean, it's ha it's progressing yeah. so fast. Like I, I had AI write some marketing copy for a client yesterday. Like we're just pitching some ideas to him. And it like gave me yeah. 10 different directions. I cleaned up the directions and sent it over to the client. And they're like, oh, I love this one and this one. And boom, it was just more like a catalyst to help us start. But it, you're right. It wasn't ready for prime time, but it will be soon. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like... I mean, that's awesome. To and, me. and I and I've heard from creatives that or not just creatives, but people that are in, you know, that that part of their roles could be absorbed by, you know, automation or or artificial intelligence. And and like, I understand the concerns, but Derek, to your point <laughs> there, you know, Pandora's box, you can't reclose it. The horses have left the barn and there's no getting them. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. but I, I do think I and I think that this about a lot of technologies, it's going to push human, like human intelligence further because it has to compete with our, yeah. I, I don't see it as something that is a threat. I see it as something that is actually more than just a tool. I feel like it is a catalyst for doing things differently to stay ahead of what, like the democratization of these tools where everybody has access to them is going to force more people to get innovative with human intelligence, which I don't think is a bad thing. When Cameron and I have talked about this, I do bring up the like transition period while we're fine tuning AI of those 7,800 people or you know whoever that's losing their job. I do think about them of like, what do they do in the transition time? Like as they have to develop new skills. Um, and I think that's the only part that makes that or that's one of the big parts that I find myself pausing at, like embracing AI is I don't want to leave these people without jobs. I want them to still be able to live and function and like provide for their lives and families and stuff. And that's the part that I'm like, we really need to pause and think about not just how do we keep developing AI, but how do we make sure society as a whole is ready for it no nobody's pausing it's uh, the know, cat's I left want us to pause. yeah 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 i well, emily brown am trying to pause us too. slowly <laughs> it's elon musty said 
Like, we need to pause AI for six months. He's just like, yo, give us six months to catch our breath. So to me, that kind of made me say, oh, what? Well, and the head of AI for Google, who was the guy who him and his team is the one who came up with the algorithm that created artificial intelligence originally. He now works for Google. He resigned this week and he put a big statement out going, listen, y'all don't realize what's actually being worked on. And if this got into the wrong hands, for example, somebody who's a bad actor could tell AI to shut down the power grid of the East coast or hack Russian intelligence or like whatever. And like, and it can't it the the plot of age of Ultron, the Marvel movie where, you know, Tony Stark creates this defense system and it becomes self-aware and decides that its biggest threat is actually human. I mean, that movie has been made, you know, I mean, it's the plot of Terminator and, and and a handful of films like, right. But the guy who's the godfather of AI literally resigned from Google this week said, this is going too fast and people are not asking the tough questions. This is reckless and could be very bad for humanity. You know, the, the, the job thing. So on the creative innovation side where we like, we're started this, you know, that's fun and exciting. And, and, and AI really does allow creators to have tools to propel their impact even beyond what they could have before to the job thing. The risk is Detroit, you know, like the automation of the assembly line, the robotics of the assembly line, plus cheaper labor on overseas decimated Detroit. And it's not like Detroit's labor force just got new skills and got jobs in nursing. No, like that caused 50 years of of decline in that city. And like that would be scary if certain industries became Detroit after the auto industry left, you know, and so you're right. I mean, there's a lot that we as humanity need to be talking about. And and the people who are at, who are pushing this technology with reckless abandon aren't talking about that stuff. They're just being like, hey, look how much more efficient everything will be. And we won't need to like companies will be able to have lower but, overhead. Well, I, I think blah, blah, there's blah. a degree of inevitability on that front where I've kind of just resigned like, y- you know, like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to take a lot of yeah. stuff. The, the part to me yeah. that I think is going to be the most interesting, I mean, the weaponization is interesting, but it's kind of horrifying to think about, but the, the, like, a, or, but, but one that is like more just kind of interesting to me on like a intellectual and even spiritual level is like, what's the first church that's going to have an AI pastor, an AI teaching pastor who it can do in-depth anal, you know, analysis of, of scriptures and, it can, you know, compete compelling anecdotes and it can write really great sermons or, you know, or an AI counselor where it, it, you know, maybe you plug it into all these different counseling books and different counseling philosophies. And it's like one of those help desk things where you can talk through your problems with it. It like there are AI therapy or there is like therapy companies that are using AI to talk with people. Better help came under fire i think it was better help it was somebody mm-hmm. one of the online therapy ones they found that it was it came out that the chat therapy was ai powered and and they had to do this big apology because they weren't upfront about it and stuff. But yeah i mean but, but what what is like can i be you know hypothetically here could i be spiritually fed by artificial intelligence and it's legitimate you know like I, I feel like the question there comes down from communication or information being communicated to you about the Bible versus the somebody being anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach, teach, you know, and that the Holy Spirit uses that person. I don't know. Like, 
can AI be anointed? No, I don't think so. But, you know? but like if I'm, if, if I'm in the, if I'm on the receiving end of a sermon that's being preached by a human, but it just, or if I'm listening to a podcast, that's a simulated voice that I don't, I'm not aware of. And if the message makes an impact on me, you know, again, I, I just think it's an interesting kind of thought exercise because I don't, I don't really, I don't know the implications of that. I don't know if there are, but it seems weird to think about that. Well, yeah. what was the, the, was it, was it her, the movie where, um, yeah, Walking Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. He developed a relationship with AI. Yeah. Like a true love relationship is like he loved this person that didn't exist, you know? Yeah, it's like crazy series, because I yeah. thought that movie, I never seen it and I thought the premise of it was stupid. No, dude, it, it worked. And, and it, then landed. Like, it landed. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. it's not even, I mean, I, I'm just like, whoa, that movie is only like, what, three years ago? No. Is it? it's, within, it's been within the last 10 years, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long is it? Is it was it pre-pandemic? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pre-pandemic. Okay, well, yeah, that goes to show. But I mean, let's say, let's say five, six years ago, that movie seemed like just a movie. Today, it's not just a movie. There's probably somebody out here that is in love with some sort of AI or you know in the future. The documentary now. Crazy. All right. Well, we could do a whole podcast just on that, but we got to move the show along. I just wanted, I just wanted Derek to play his Drake and Kanye <laughs> cover because it was crazy good. So I want to do one with Taylor Swift very soon. Oh, please, so. Derek, real quick. I know, I know, we got to move on, but how easy is it? I'm not dismissing the work. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Like, how much work goes into uh, it's, it's crafting it? Yeah, it's not, that's it's, what it's, I would assume. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy yet. Cause it's in the it's in the early stages, but eventually all of this coding is going to get boiled down to an app that you spit something in and it spits it out. Like right now, you got to go through a uh, Google Collab and you got to go yeah. through a bunch of different stuff. But it, that won't be like that forever. But right now, it's it's not fun. I mean, we literally one day will be able to just not one day six months from now. I told Emily yesterday, write and design an issue of Relevant Magazine. And it would. Yeah. Or or we have 10 interviews and we just give the raw interview to AI and say, write 10 features, you know, like based on what relevant covers, our tone, our look, and design it based on our look, you know, whatever. And it'll just and it'll just do it. I'm literally right now playing with this is true. Relevant needs an app for relevant plus and everything. We need a mobile app. I there's there's a tool that I'm playing with right now where I can just creative direct it I can, like I would our web developer and our designer. I can tell it what I want. I can literally sketch out on a napkin the basic interface. It can turn that into a real design based on our style guide. And I can just tell it what app functionality I want it to do. And it can build me and design me a relevant app. And I don't use any developers or designers. Like that's crazy. Cause that, cause the reason why we don't have an app is my developer told me it'd be a $50,000 project. And I was like, well, the ROI is not there, but if our, if AI can make it for me for free, come on. All right. Here's the next question. And I know, again, I know we got to go, but here's the next question with all of this content creation ability. Is this going to overwhelm people with mediocre AI content? Like sure. that, that's the question for me is, is I, I think we might push the pendulum so far that people may get back to being like, I don't want anything that 
like I could imagine an artist being like, yo, I made a whole song and it didn't use AI at all. Yeah. And that being a thing where people are like, okay, I want to listen to that. So for me, the way I see us uh, staffing ourselves and how we are going to use these tools is that I'm going to invest in voices, ideators, and and people who have a vision. And then they are essentially going to creative direct and lead the tools. Mm -hmm. So it's their idea. It's their message. It's their intention. And then AI can just help them flesh it out or accomplish it more quickly. And so this one person can accomplish five things today or five pieces of content today with digital assistance versus they would spend the entire day on one piece of content. So to me, it's for if we invest in people who can lead and create and they have a vision, then we're still staffing humans. They're just directing the digital assistance and the lower, it, it replaces the lower level entry level positions they're basically and i i hate that this is the second marvel reference of the of the show because i'm it's not like i'm some i i mean i like the early ones so i'm not like the biggest (laughs) fan or whatever but like i mean wasn't that so you're basically talking about hiring many tony starks who like go to their lab and have little robots that basically do the work as he dictates or 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 he or she in this case you know if if you're hiring someone to use a team of you know, artificial intelligence. Maybe they're not actual robots that like zip around or claws that, you know, kind of are extension of your physical limbs, but like, you know, I mean, think about this, like, like, like we can't, I don't want to have a a podcast with an AI voice host whatever. That's not what I'm ever interested in, but let's say let's launch five new podcasts this year. And now AI can take that raw recording turn it into social media clips because it can make automated you know, video clips and stuff like that. And I can just tell it, find the five most engaging moments of the podcast, create social clips for social media, which it would then know yeah. the optimal length and clickability engagement metrics. So it would be looking for the things that would work and then tweet them out and post it at the optimal times or post on IG at the optimal times. They would know based on the algorithm when to post it, what to post. What caption to write, and then bump up, 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 up. It's your entire social media team, you know. Real talk, though, if if there, I'm sure there's a you know voice to voice AI. I you know they someone did like the AI Joe Rogan pod where mm-hmm. it, it's full episodes of the Joe Rogan experience in his voice with a guest that sounds identical to him and a guest. And it's all AI, right? Like the subject matter, it just says, hey, make an episode of the Joe Rogan experience. And it, you, it, you think you're listening to an episode of his podcast, but it's all robots. I would love to have, I'm not saying we need an AI co-host, but I would love to do an interview, like an AI, like, you know, sit, have an AI voice sit in on a segment and just see what it would be like. You know what I mean? To see what what the uncanny valley of podcasts are. There was a podcast that launched this week that there's two hosts and one is an AI uh, host voice or whatever. That is crazy to me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Let's have them on. Let's have this AI person or robot on. We don't have to see if their time's booked because they can be more places at one time. That's a great thing. It's very easy to schedule. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we're going to have an AI interview Lauren Daigle later. Sorry, Emily. It'll be an AI of Emily interviewing Lauren Daigle. (laughs) Or, so, how do we even know it's Lauren Daigle that you talk to, Emily? How do we know this was not speaking to each yeah, other? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, for those of you who tuned in just to hear Lauren later in the show, sorry about all that. Uh, let's move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Relevant Buzz. I'm sorry, girl. Didn't mean to drag you in my dreams. Baby, no more. 
listening to Thundercat and Tame Impala. The song is No More Lies. That's it. No more. We're done. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Emily, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Okay, um, the U.S. Surgeon General released this crazy advisory warning that we really need to talk about. Uh, loneliness is officially a public health epidemic. Um, th- loneliness. Loneliness, yeah. Being like being alone. Um, yes, I know what it means. I was just surprised that the U.S. Surgeon General <laughs> is talking about loneliness. So, um, Yeah, Dr. Uh, Vivek Murthy, the U.S. Surgeon General, said that loneliness is just as deadly as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Um, and it's affecting millions of people's lives. Uh, young people, especially ages 15 to 24, they are experiencing 70% less time with their friends face-to-face than previous generations. And a lot of that is because of social media um, and the pandemic, of course. But um, just people are not spending face-to-face time with them. They're isolated by themselves. And it is having like a physical health reaction to their lives. That's crazy. It, that yeah do you I mean, think this is pandemic related like i think the pandemic accelerated from this based on the study it seems like the rise of technology has definitely pushed people to be more lonely or spend more time alone i guess um but then the pandemic i think accelerated it because we were forced to be remote alone. work there's remote a lot work. of people i mean there's a whole days where my entire human interaction is calling emily about a story right so. yeah um i, I say I, I live by myself if i don't if i'm not intentional about it I could easily go a few days without seeing someone. I, I've gone, I've gone full days where the only person I've interacted with was AI Lauren Daigle, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad day actually. She's got a lot to say. Um, Did she sing to you but, about crawfish and yeah, La- yeah. Lafayette? It, it was, it was great for the first three quarters of the day, but then uh-huh. the last part of the day, AI Lauren Daigle uh-huh. seemed pretty hellbent on taking over our weapon systems and conquering humanity. <laughs> so just do with that what you will. It's uh, it got scary by the end of the day. No. Yeah. I think, look, man, I mean, it, it, I, I think it's, this is interesting, but unsurprising. I mean, man is not meant to be alone. 15 cigarettes a day. But, That's but I mean, not surprising to you. What, what, what I'm saying is like, this is one of the, the earliest spiritual principles introduced in scripture when it comes to, you know, creation is man is not meant to be alone. Now, whether that's Adam and Eve or whether it's, you know, or Adam, tr- Steve or literal tribes throughout. Yeah. I'm just by, you know, it's me just cruising right along here. Um, <laughs> the, hey, what, his best friend, that Ed. his oh. best friend, Adam and Steve, they're buddies. Oh, they grew up together. <laughs> But, but, or or like literal, you know, the tribes of Israel, you know, people were made to be in relationship with each other. And when you, you know, pull that out, I mean, it's core to the design, you know, if, if we are made in the image of God and God is three in one, like God is his identity is relationship, right? Like, cause it's, it's a, it's a Trinity. 
you know, if you deprive that from yourself, I think it's unsurprising there's going to be more than just spiritual or emotional consequences. It makes sense that it would have some physical manifestation of, you know, a lack of health. Yeah, it's interesting that you it's interesting that you bring it up, too, because um, in the warning, the Surgeon General did reference a study that talked about how um, just throughout the past decades, Americans have been less engaged in um or they haven't been showing up to churches. They haven't been engaged in community-driven events. Um, so just as a society as a whole, we have moved away from um, the community being like an important part of who we are. Um, and we're just isolating ourselves for no good reason. Wow. There you go. All right. What I, we're going to cut Buzz short because we talk so much about AI, but I know you have one last thing, right? I do have one thing because we have to talk about it. Um a new report came out that 50% of people who buy vinyl don't own a record player. This is crazy. 50. Okay. Everybody knows more vinyl is sold now than CDs. It's like come back. It's huge. Whatever. Record store day was a couple Saturdays ago. 50% of the people who buy vinyl do not own a record player. Like, the most poser, that is the most Urban Outfitters poser <laughs> thing that I've ever heard in my life. Like, they just want to look cool, but they're not actually listening to it. Okay, Emily, what did the study say? This was somebody from the RAAA talking about this. What yes. are they using this vinyl for? Why are they spending $35 on this vinyl if they can't play it? They are doing it to look cool. Like, that really is what it is. Like, they just want to be able to say they have it. Um, a lot of, like, super fans are buying them um, just to support their favorite artists. Um, but a lot of them, yeah, they just use them for, like, they, put, they hang it on their wall or like hang it up somewhere mm -hmm. to say like, look at all these cool vinyl that I have, like this cool vinyl that I have, but they don't have any way to actually listen to it. I got no beef with it. I got no what? beef with it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, like I have like some sports memorabilia that I'm, I'm not going to actually use. I just like it to have it. You know what I mean? As a physical artifact. Buy I feel a poster. Like just buy a poster for two bucks. You don't need to buy a $35 vinyl. I, like I said, again, I think in the age of like, you know, digital music and NFTs, having a physical artifact, even if you're not using it for the intended purposes, even to just to own something that you could hold in your hand, I, I'm not hating on. I look I, for for all you vinyl buyers that that don't have a you know a, yeah, a record, record player, player. yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel you. Hey, go out, support it. I, I, I'm, I got no beef. No I think beef my at all. beef with it is the fact that it's 50%. Like one out of yeah, every two crazy. people buying vinyl, only one of them's listening to it. The other's just yeah. trying to make it look like they're this cool, in like hip person. Guys, <laughs> again, the, now, as the local artist on this show, <laughs> the frustration for me is how little the art of music matters anymore. Like mm -hmm. that it's like you're not even buying the vinyls to listen to the records. Like I'm a mix, I'm a producer, mix engineer, songwriter. So I put all this painstaking time in making sure that things are panned correctly and the low end feels right and that the sonics of it sound great. And to know that if I do that nine times out of ten, you don't even have a freaking record player. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's so deflated like this might be honestly as an artist one of the most deflating times in music because it, it, it's sad because there's not really a people i remember we used to starve over listening to like an album that came out like man if if the new kanye came out you get it you sit down with it you 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 absorb you know who produced this and who produced what it's just like 
more content, more content or more like tchotchke as my, my mom would call it. Just like little stuff that we throw around. I, I hate that. That's I, the one thing I hate about this time. I, I will say this though. I was at a, a coffee and pastry shop the other day. And they had a bookshelf and it, and, it, and it looked like like antique books. And I was like, I'm kind of interested. What are these antique books? Sure enough, they were fake. It was hollow. It was like just a decoration that you could fill your bookshelf with. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> fake decorative books. I first had a reaction to it, but I'm like, I don't know. You know, it just, I, or or like some, somebody, somebody will have like a decorative typewriter that's non-functional, but they like the look of a typewriter in their house. Again, I don't, I don't have... I, 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 Derek, I under totally understand your point. You know what I mean? But when we're specifically talking about like, you know, some sort of like pop cultural artifact that you solely own for either like decorative or collective, you know, collector purposes, well, it's like owning a, an antique typewriter, but not owning the ink for it. It's like, ah, eh, no big deal. You just like the, having the typewriter. I, see, for me, I do buy vinyl. I do collect vinyl. I have a couple thousand records. The I I was counting it up while we were talking. I have five record players in the house and it's in every major area of the house, including my office. I'm looking at a record player. And it's it's to, to Derek's point, what it forces me to do is number one, I'm investing in the art. Mm-hmm. So like this isn't disposable. This is worth something to me. I, I have skin in the game and I have set up my house. So like what we're doing, if Co and I are playing cards or we're having dinner or whatever, I can put on music intentionally and we can like spend time with it, you know? And it's like, it forces me to like, like listen to the music. Cause it's not just like background, whatever. It's like, I have put this on and in 12 minutes or 15 minutes, I'm gonna have to go flip it over, you know? And it's like, you're like engaged with the music and it makes you appreciate it more, you know? And so it's like, to me, Records are worth investing in, but not to just stick on the wall and say you're cool. Stupid not people. Not just records, but songs. Yeah. Like I just yeah. mixed, I'm honestly, I just mixed one of the most beautiful, that's not my album, but it's one of the most beautiful albums I've heard in a long time. And to know that when we put it out, that more than likely that people won't take the time to absorb the art, just slow down. But I, and I don't think it's just music that it, I think it's the same thing with film. I think it's the same thing with uh, with articles. I think we just have so much information given to us that we're just swiping up constantly just in our life in general. Yeah. yeah. And so we don't have time for, for most things, even relationships with one another to bring it back to the original yeah. thing, which is loneliness. Like we're just so inundated with so much information that the people that we actually have access to in our daily lives, we don't even check on them or we don't spend time just playing cards and hanging out and listening to records anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to slow down. Spend more time with our AI friends. All right. Still, so until, long. They, until they decide to murder us and all other humans. <laughs> it's going to go crazy. We're out. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Relevant Buzz. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com every weekday where we're covering the intersection of faith, culture, life, and justice. Publishing a bunch of stuff. You should check it out. Make it, you know, bookmark it. Come back all the time. Uh, if you, you know, want to have it in your inbox, we can send you our top five trending stories every weekday. Just sign up right there at relevantmagazine.com. Okay. All right. Stay tuned up next. Lauren Daigle joins us. The real one. N- not an AI one. They call me the young and brightest. Everybody knows. That's what to your sinus. They should call me highness. Way too confident. Way too cocky, please don't block me. Go, yeah, I'm too cocky.
listening to Stephen. The song is Auto. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Lauren Daigle. She needs no introduction. She's one of our favorite Christian artists, and she's gearing up to drop her new self-titled album and comes out next Friday. Uh, we sat down with her to talk about the next album and how she's learned to let go of expectations. Here's our conversation with Lauren Daigle. been I, your album's about to come out so i assume your life is kind of crazy right now oh i am i was just getting coffee with a friend and told them i'm so excited i feel like my it's that thing of i would imagine i'll just say this i've never had kids at all i've never birthed a child but <laughs> that feeling before you're about to have a baby where there's like this last one month before it's time and you're like oh my mm-hmm. gosh oh my gosh well, I'm a week away. So now it's like the actual countdown. And I feel like my, I woke up this morning. I didn't sleep a long time last night. We had like a late flight getting in, early morning waking up for interviews and stuff. And I didn't even have coffee. It was like, bing, like just awake and alive because I'm so excited. I'm, I'm genuinely so excited. I feel like um, it's been five years since I've released a record. It's been a while. I've been waiting. And it's that thing of knowing, knowing that something is on the horizon that nobody knows about yet is really, it's a wild place to be. And knowing that everybody's about to see what's coming is really special. Obviously you're excited for everyone to hear the album. Is there any specific song that you're excited for people to hear? Well, one of them was new, which came out. Um, mm-hmm. I was really excited. I couldn't wait for people to hear that one. Waiting was, it's so funny. I helped select which ones I wanted to roll out at what time um, for obvious reasons. Like these were the songs that I was very excited about. So waiting, um, I remember whenever I was like 16 years old, I always dreamt of a certain sound that would I would get to represent or get to reflect or that people would connect my voice to. And it was always this like UK soul kind of thing. Um, I loved Aretha Franklin growing up. Now obviously it's not from the UK. But Amy Winehouse, loved Amy Winehouse. Um, Joss Stone, loved Joss Stone. There's just Jessie J, like the things that she can do with her voice. I've always been just amazed by. Um, so all that to say, there was always this this longing. I mean, the Beatles, like how to get rolling stuff. I could go on and on and on. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot that came out of the UK that I just I absolutely loved. But there's this like from being from Louisiana, that muddy water. There's mm-hmm. some there's soul here that's really really special. So. But I always found myself drawn to that and wanting to figure out a way to 
you know, bring that to light. And Waiting was the song that I've always longed to sound like. And I remember I was at Target whenever I heard the demo and I freaked out. I started just screaming in Target. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is what I've longed to sound like for like 16 years. And it didn't even have a vocal on it. There was no voice. It was just, it was just the track, like just the instrumentation. And um, it definitely inspired me in the studio when I went and cut the vocal. And a lot of a lot of the vocal that we kept was from that session. So it's really, really special. Uh, I love waiting. I'm curious, like, where did the inspiration for a lot of this album come from? Like, was it a, a certain time or were there things going on in your life? Like, where did this the story of the album come from? Well, we started writing it in October of 2020. So there was a lot of influence there. <laughs> you know yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, a lot of what was going on in the world, the intensities of the time. Um, and I feel like I had to, like, when I was saying this rebirth, if you will, this like new beginning again, I feel like a lot of the songwriters who made their way into my world at that time, it was very intentional how I can see now, looking back, hindsight 2020, I can look back and see how God had orchestrated the right people at the right time. Because here I was in a season where I felt completely powerless, completely voiceless. Um, because of the the state of the world at the time, but also because of things that had been taking place in my personal life. Um, and he surrounded me with people who were so confident that used their voice for the right things, that knew who they were, um, that weren't intimidated by the world. And I don't think that was uh, coincidental, I'll just say. And these people really, they helped me come alive. So I feel like those are some of the things, themes that presented themselves on this record and kind of brought me through um, quite an incredible musical journey. That was Lauren Daigle. Make sure to check out her new self-titled album. It comes out next Friday. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. You're listening to Peabod. The song is Better Than Nostalgia. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, 
And when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus's message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got talking about music. I forget how this came up, but you know how uh, sacred music and secular music might share the same lyrics sometimes. You know, like, is this a worship song or is this talking about my, about my girlfriend? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so we asked you, you hit us up on, Rele- on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. We asked you to tell us lyrics that are both a little sacred and a little secular at the same time. Uh, and we're going to try and guess which one this is like you're telling us lyrics and we're going to try and guess if this is like a Christian song, worship song, or if this is like a love song. So uh, here are a few of our favorites. I like rethink church. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you said, is that the police or maybe the divine? Or Santa. Or Santa. Yeah. I always yeah. assumed that it was he was writing about Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. That's not a, so you guys you guys don't sing that on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we open our presents to it. I put on the yeah. police album and that's yeah, just a reminder morning. for next year. You're not gonna get these if if you act up there, children. That's the true all right. Uh and you know it's true. Everything I do, I do it for you. That's um you know, Robin Hood. You know it's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Adams, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, which yeah, uh, yeah works. There he is. Works either way. It works either way. That's good. Um, pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. Mm. What is that? I mean, it, yeah. That that I don't know that one off the top of my head, but I feel I would be unsurprised by either answer. It's worship. One. It's Bethel. Yeah, it's Bethel. That's right. Classic. Yeah. Paul, Paul Caspers wrote in. That was John B., by the way. Uh, Paul Caspers wrote in. <laughs> he said, he lives in you. Oh, oh, so wait. There's no mountain too great. Hear the words and have faith. O-E-I-O, have faith. He lives in you. That's from the Lion King. <laughs> I need, if that's from the, he lives in you. Okay, I think I need to re-examine the message of the Lion King. I, know. I think, I I think, think there's I a major plot I missed. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's funny. There's a lot more where that came from, but we're running out of time. So uh, let's see. Uh, okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, this is going to be a different one. So obviously, we spent the entire podcast, other than our lovely conversation with the real Lauren Daigle, um, we we spent pretty much the entire podcast talking about AI. And it all started because Derek was making fake songs, real songs, his real song with f- fake covers, fake covers of his real song. Yeah. And so that's what we want to ask you. What is a dream cover you would love to hear? What artist and doing what song? That's what we want to know. And we will pick a couple of them and Derek will actually make them and we will play them on next week's show. So you got to come up with the perfect one to win and catch our eye. And uh, Derek will actually make it. So tell us what song you want to be covered and by who. And we will make it. That's going to be insane. I'm down. 
hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you could, uh, we'll post it on IG stories. You can follow Relevant on IG and you can reply there as well. Before we wrap things up, I'm going to thank Lauren Daigle for joining us. Make sure to check out her new self-titled album when it drops next Friday. You won't be disappointed. We've heard a bunch of it. it uh, it's pretty great. Maybe her best work. Check it out. Also, make sure to check out the spring issue of Relevant. The digital edition is out now. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com. You can read it for free. Just click on the magazine tab. We have conversations with Beth Moore, Anna of the North, Fits in the Tantrums, House Fires, Michael B. Jordan, and so much more. If you want the beautifully designed ad-free enhanced edition, join Relevant Plus. It's the best way to experience our content. You get ad-free reading at the website, ad-free podcasts, exclusive podcasts and content, and a lot more. Plan start as low as $2.50 a month. Check it out. You can just click the Relevant Plus tab right there at the website. Also, if you like the music we play on the show, uh, we have some playlists. Go over to Spotify. We have Heard on the Relevant Podcast. You can uh, follow. Uh, We also have an indie playlist, a worship playlist, hip-hop playlist. Good stuff. We update them. Well, we update the podcast one every week. We update the other one several times a month. Go check them out. They're good follows. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Relevant Podcast Network.